Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Comfrey. I am your host, Brian Comfrey, and my guest today is Josh Caliani, a third-year student at Ivy Business School at Western, and he did his first years, two years, in political science at Huron University. Josh has a deep passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we'll get into that a little bit more later. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brian. It's pretty exciting to be here. I think a perfect way to get close off my week on a very wholesome um, note. And I'm excited to talk about how we met and our experiences and just my narrative um, in general. Me too, me too. I can't wait to have this chat. So um, let's let's get ourselves a little warmed up. I know we know each other a little bit. and. Uh... But for the listeners and the audience, I always think it's nice to hear a little bit of these rapid fire fun questions. They give some insights into who you are as a person. So what is your most used or favorite emoji? I think it's the eye. So there's like an emoji with like two eyes looking at you. And uh, I just use that when I'm asking my friends a question or when I'm confused about something. So it's just this um, constant loop of Josh asking questions and Josh being lost and then Josh finding answers and it goes on. <laughs> I love that. I love that. If you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, I'm going to twist this answer a little bit because uh, it's a very straight answer. It's my grandmom's food, whatever she makes. No problem. If it's my grandma's food, I'll eat it for the rest of my All life. Right. All right, that's yeah, hats off to her. That's awesome. Um, favorite way to spend a day off? Not make a plan because I'm too used to making a plan for every day and having a schedule. So, favorite way to spend a day off is more so like wake up in the morning, then decide what you want to do and kind of take it with the flow. Call friends who you haven't spoken to in a very long time call family members, uh, go for long walks, not be worried about coming back home for a certain meeting time or just uh, being very sporadic and um, instantaneous with how you do things because that kind of gives you the thrill in life that sometimes your routine would otherwise take away from you. Yeah, a little bit of spontaneity, right? That's mm -hmm. That adds a, a definite flavor to the day and to your life. So. Uh, another interesting question. Do you hit the snooze button or, or I kind of think I know this, but maybe not hit the snooze button or wake up immediately. I don't think I think you'd assume otherwise, but I hit, do hit the snooze button. Yes. Really? Uh, okay. uh, because I, I have two alarms. So I have a traditional alarm that my grandma made me buy before coming over, um, to university which is more like um, it goes off in its traditional sense. It has a separate battery, so that's a huge alarm. And then I have my phone alarm. So what happens is my phone alarm is five minutes before I need to wake up. So I get the joy of hitting the snooze button because I get the joy of being this rebel who doesn't wake up to an alarm. And then I hit the snooze button. And then five minutes later, when my traditional alarm clock goes off, that's when I have to wake up because otherwise it will wake the whole house up. Okay, I really thought you would be a jump out of bed kind of guy, but that no, that's interesting. And two alarms, nice. Um, if you had to pick a favorite word, what might it be? Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is hard. Um, 
I think I'm going to pick story. Okay. Um, because um, story is something that's so flexible. It applies to everybody anywhere in the world, regardless of their status or their background or their um, time and place in life. Everyone has a story. And uh, everyone's story will teach you something. So and I'm growing up, I've always lived in a space and in a family where my story was heard and appreciated from day one, whether it be how I lost my water bottle on a bad day at school or how I got a job at a dream company. I've always been heard. So story, story for sure. Story's a good one. I really... I really like that answer, and uh, it tells a lot about who you are as a person, too. So um, so we talked a little bit earlier about your overall passion for diversity, equity, inclusion, and um, this is actually how you and I met. And I was wondering if maybe you could share with our listeners uh, your most recent project with the Here on Cares case competition how, and how it became how it came to be. For sure. I think my passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion initially stems from the idea of building community because I haven't grown up in North America and I only moved here when I was 17 and I instantly realized that the community aspect to life is somewhat different here and there is more potential to build community together, to do things together and to make people supported in a very community-oriented perspective. And that's why I did something like the Huron Cares Case Competition, where I wanted the Huron student community to come together and make recommendations on how their student experience can be improved, especially with an EDI lens, because it, there needed to be a way in which students come up in a formal but not a um, closed space. Like it, it couldn't have been a committee, it couldn't have been student council, or it couldn't have been here on administration because those authorities those bodies in themselves are systemic and they scare students off so i wanted to pivot that and come up with something more organic and hence mm -hmm. i thought that if my friends and i from iv and from huron combine the social science uh discipline with the case method we're learning at ivy and we write a case on huron university's past present and future edi initiatives and then we get interested students in a room and make them do like a five minute presentation on how they'd tackle issues of racism, issues of colonialism, uh, social and financial inequity, um, and uh, use of resources, how they'd answer these questions would make a huge difference on how their student experience will shape over the few years. And hence, Huron Case Conclusion was born. Amazing. It was uh, such a pleasure to meet you and the team there and to be a part of that day. And I thank you for, for including me and, and being part of it. It, it was uh, definitely an example of a, a life moment that I won't forget. So thank you for sharing that opportunity with me as well. Um, as you think about um, stories, right? Story, your story, our stories. Um, stories have... Um, our examples of our transitions, our experiences, and as we think about folks listening to this call or listening to this information or podcast, as I sh should be calling it, um, what what do you what was your journey like from high school to post secondary, and 
you know, now going in, in, the, in the workforce um, and, and uh, you know, maybe you could share a little bit of what you've learned away along the way with that journey. Absolutely. I think the biggest transition between high school to post-secondary was understanding that I'm not really competing with the people around me as much as I'm competing with myself. So I set my own goals and I have my own trajectory, my own path, and I should be able to own that uh, to shape how my life is and how it will become in the next few months, in the next few years. And that is what is of importance to me. So the actions that I do on a day-to-day -day basis are in line with my intrinsic incentives of where I want to see my life go. Whereas in high school, it was more like, oh, Jake is doing this, let's do this, or John is doing this, or Julia is doing this, or even Josh should do this, right? Like, it was always looking around you and seeing what can be done better or what you're missing out on. But as you transition into adulthood and university, you learn to own and shape your own narrative more. Um, and when I say story, I just don't think of my story in the past, but my ability to tell my own story about my future. So today I can tell you a story of my future in the next one year or next two years. And just knowing that story and being able to share it with you automatically gives me the power, the courage, and the determination to actually make that story happen, actually turn it into fruition and reality, right? Uh, so I think that has changed very much. And another thing is, um, like, I, we're all crybabies in some, like, in some way, to some extent, like, we all have our ups and downs, and we all feel sad. Uh, but I've realized that I've been able to deal with my failures more effectively now than I used to in high school. And I think that's a matter of experience. And at any given point, um, when I face a shortcoming or a failure, in some way, I just have to sit with it myself, give myself the time to kind of heal uh, or to learn and improve and like, pivot again because at the end of the day I have to continue writing, continue building that story. Um, so just that sort of mood or that compatibility with failure is something that keeps growing and developing as you grow up and transition out of uh, like teenage or childhood into like um, uh, an adult life at university. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think um, that's interesting that that, that competitiveness uh, in high school to whatever else is doing or doing whatever else is doing to now thinking about yourself. That's a really insightful thought there. Um, is there anything with that transition, obviously, coming to Canada as a newcomer? I'm sure that was that was a bit of a journey as well. And uh, at a young age, um, you know, what how did that transition play out? I think it acted in my advantage very much because I had some sort of a fresh canvas and I was not really held back by social, familial, or any set of stereotypes or preconceived expectations of what my life can look like and what it should be. A lot of times uh, we're all caught up in that and like how we write our story or how we make our goals is very heavily influenced by the people around us, right? Like our parents, our grandparents, our friends, or what's just expected out of us. I think that refresh is important. And I'm not saying everyone should go to a new country, 
but I'm saying that everyone should act as if they're in a new country when they take ownership of their life and what they want to do with it. And coming to Canada has also taught me the value of relationships uh, and of bringing people together and connecting them because that's the only way I can survive here. I have no family in the country. I'm alone here. So the only way I can think of myself as a stable, established resident of Canada is if I have good connections and if I've built community. In my three years, I can I can talk about how I have connections with my university's administration, my university's student council, um, the Indian Student Cultural Association that I started. And just being able to bank on those relationships for my day-to-day -day conversations or my long-term plans makes me more situated and makes me feel that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, no, well, thank you for sharing that as well, because I know, you know, many of the students who I talk with and talk about coming to a new country and and I love what you said about act like you are coming to a new country. I, I think that's a whole nother mindset shift and something someone can really take away from this conversation. You know, when you think about the schooling aspects of what you've learned and we know we're lifetime learners, we learn from all different all different ways of learning. But when you think about school uh, specifically, is there something that you're you're looking back on or in the midst of and thinking, wow, I wish this was really taught in school that maybe isn't? I think having your own personality is not taught in school as much um, because personality is a dialogue, not just a monologue. How you interact with people around you and how they receive your conversations and interactions is an ego boost that helps you build your personality. The fact that you're having this conversation with me today is helping me shape my own personality on who I am and what I can do. But in the school system, uh, I think because just either of how, how diverse it is in like structurally uh, or lack of, let's say, standardization or just um, how different uh, school approaches are from place to place, we kind of miss that out. Like we're more logistical. Yes, and delivery of education, delivery of content is important. But there is this aspect where you need to help shape a, a student and help them own themselves. And I've noticed that how schools work, like certain students like myself, maybe they're more extroverted or whatnot, can, can still benefit from it and can um, help evolve themselves. But then students that are still talented and still have their own interests but are merely introverted or shy, don't really develop that personality or confidence until very late in their lives, sometimes even in until their 30s or 40s. So I think when I think of school, I, I my recommendation would be that try to have interactions, try to have conversations, and try to facilitate a platform where you can feel good about yourself and good about what you're doing so that you can understand yourself better. Yeah, I think that's a very insightful thought. And, you know, how do you develop one's own persona, personality, um, sense of uh, self? Um, and and maybe that, that, that would be something to think about there. I like that. I really, uh, I can see how that's important. And I can see how 
sometimes we fit into the box or into the mold or into the path um, that we think is who we are and later on realize maybe that isn't who we are. Um, so on that note, um, I always like to get a little bit more personal about about who I'm with on my guest and hoping maybe you could share with me a little bit or with the audience um, about maybe one of your, maybe your biggest challenge or a challenge you've experienced and how you overcame it. I mean, I would have spoken about a time at work or a time at school, but I think given the nature of this conversation and like the personal aspect, I'd speak about a more real and constantly ongoing challenge in my life that I face every day and I will continue to face for a long time, which is the absence of my father in the sense that I am now a non-normative family and my life experiences are very different from somebody, I don't want to say full, but somebody that has a normative family. And I, I face that every day based on how I think, how I act, how people perceive me and what kind of standards they have in mind for me or how they see my mistakes or how they acknowledge my successes. Because I think um, it's a constant effort to prove to myself and to everyone around me that everything is normal and that things are still happening the way they're supposed to, which someone else wouldn't have to. Because like I, I constantly have to create this um, image that yes, I'm doing my level best to ensuring that things are normal. And yes, I'm pursuing this education. And yes, I'm getting that job. And yes, I'm doing this. And my family is currently spread into like three different countries. Like my mother is living and working in Dubai. My grandparents are living in um, India and I'm here in Canada. So just how my family is structured um, is different from, again, the average family. And I, I have less opportunity to, let's say, go back home on a weekend or go back to one home or just have an average family outing or visit I can talk about. Um, but that experience is a challenge, uh, but it has shaped me and it has made me a better person because um, it just gives me a very renewed approach to my life and how I talk to others about myself. Yeah, thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable on this question. I know it's uh, it's it's why I do this podcast too, is to let people know that, you know, you're not alone. There are people that are experiencing different things or, you know, we might be smiling on the outside, but there's a lot going on in the inside. So thank you for sharing that that life experience and, and how you're managing through it and and bringing that to light. I think it's important and I, I appreciate um, you talking through that. Um, if you were to think more about, this is a quote I found, but yesterday's dreams aren't always today's realities. And I, I think this is something that I wanted to include in the podcast because our priorities change and our priorities change for various reasons. And I think the opportunities uh, for priorities to change uh, sometimes happen in our own control or maybe not. But when you think about some of your priorities and how things have changed there, could you share maybe some, some of those examples of where priorities changed and why? 
For sure. I think uh, it's important to acknowledge that your priorities might change, but your intentions can stay the same. And I have faced that a lot myself. Like, of course, when I first uh, came here, I was more, let's say, um, unaware of things like accredited and inclusion or how community building plays a huge role in the lives of myself and the lives of the people around me and how it can go on to empower them right i did not have those sort of dreams i did not have a dream to build the huron indian cultural association or to host the huron cares case competition um my dream was more to just go through the traditional student process finish studying find your traditional job and kind of kickstart your career and what everyone else dreams at this time and stage but day by day and step by step my goals changed and my dreams changed once uh, the Huron Indian Culture Association was formed, growing it and giving it structure and giving it recognition became a dream so that the Indian community or the international community at Huron is well recognized. And similarly, uh, with initiatives like the Huron Cares Case Competition, making the dialogue around EDI more commonplace also became a dream. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure my dreams will change tomorrow or next week or next month, but the idea being that my intention remains the same and I want to have a meaningful experience that speaks to me every single day or in whatever I do. And I've tried to make that happen. In my first year, I was working at a restaurant. Uh, I, I got a job my second day into Canada because I was really passionate about getting some work. And back in the day, my dream would have just been to make enough to pay rent and groceries and finish school, right? Like, but my intention was still the same. Like I was finding meaning in that job and meaning in that role because it was adding value to my life. So I think goals can keep changing. Um, dreams can keep changing, but the pursuit of meaningfulness or just seeing value and making sure that what you're doing is real for you and it's just not a facade or just not a formality or a struggle um, because you don't like it is really, really important. Great, great examples and great insights there. I mean, the idea around priorities and, and, and um, intentions and, and other things. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, again, these are why these coffee chats I love because I pick up and learn new things myself. So thanks for sharing that one. Um, so on that note of values and skills and talking to students and talking with you myself, like one of the things I try to reframe for young people is to not start or lead with what you do, but lead with your values and your skills and who you are. You know, if you were to describe some of the values that make up you and, and how those have helped you, uh, what, what would you describe yourself or how would you describe yourself as a person and your values? So at the beginning, I mentioned my uh, love for community and how much I like community building. So I think the central value in my life is to bring people together. Sometimes bringing people together benefits them and me, and sometimes it would just benefit them, doesn't matter. But I think bringing people together really helps Helps you define your own journey as well. Like I don't know, I don't know if someone in high school, when they're sitting in front of a group of friends, they think that helping that group do something together would add any value to them, 
or they see that as a very independent experience of their own goals. But I think involving and inculcating group efforts and collaboration and community building in your own goals is my value. And it helps mm -hmm. me because I have all these sounding boards around me and I have all these ways in which I can resonate my energy. And a lot of times, based on my experiences of coming here and talking to people, I've, I've, I've noticed that so many are just missing that sense of affiliation, that sense of fulfillment, and just that sense where somebody can reflect their acts and say, yes, you're doing good, like that ego boost that people need to kind of survive. And I think building a community and helping a community really helps you with that. You feel that you're adding value, you feel more meaningful. When people come to you and talk about how the community would be almost impossible without you, that's when you know that you've, you've acted as that pillar and you're holding things together. And I'm not saying that this needs to be done in a very grand fashion. If someone, if your friend approaches you and they need help about a job or their essay or whatever, and they just need someone to talk with, you can help them or you can connect them to another friend who has a different skill set and they can talk. Like just joining the dots and filling the spots is something I've always, always kept at the center of my life. Yeah, I just meeting you and having had the experience to run the case with you and and uh, getting to know you better, I would, you know, top of mind value describe you right off the bat as a connector. I mean, you are definitely got that skill set and you've got the passion and and to your point, it doesn't have to be grand. It can be very simple, but um, I, you know, I, I I think you're really good at that, and it's something that you're you're impacting people by even small ways. So that's amazing. Um, you know, I um, I wanted to talk quickly. I I wanted to include this, and I I was thinking about it. Um, could you share with our audience? I did. Did you not just win a, a scholarship for some of the work you've done? Uh Yes, that is correct. Uh, so the scholarship that I recently won was from the Ontario Ministry of uh, Universities and Colleges. It's known as the Ontario Remembrance Scholarship, and it was given to international students uh, across different um, provincial campuses in the memory of the students that passed away in the Iranian plane crash in January 2020. And it was given to acknowledge the community service and the extent to which international students can and have made a difference in their community um, and to demonstrate that international students are also a pillar of many people's university experience. So I was given that um, for my work with the Huron Indian Cultural Association, uh, which is almost three years old now, um, entering its fourth year, and the Huron Cares Case Competition, which um, you and I partnered for. Amazing. Huge congratulations to you on that. I, I, I would be admits if I didn't share that that story here on this podcast. I, it's such a great moment that you've received that and and received that recognition for all the great things you do. Um, as we as we close out the show and uh, think about maybe last minute advice thoughts you want to leave with the students 
uh, that might be listening today. Could you share a few points? Uh, yes, I'm also struggling with this. Uh, even, I mean, I'm only a third year university student, so even my struggles are rather natural. But like a lot of times at this age in our life, we pursue instant gratification. Like at the end of a call with someone, I want to know if they will add value to me. Or at the end of this job application process, I want to quickly know whether I'm getting the job. Um, because that gives us drive, right? When you get a little bit, when you have small victories, you can work towards big victories. But that's not always possible. Um, and it's important to acknowledge that it's not possible and keep going. I connected with Brian through a third hand or sorry, fourth hand connection. So my university professor connected me with somebody at Ernst & Young, and then they connected me to RBC's uh, Global Director of Diversity and Inclusion. And then they connected me um, to Brian. So it was four people before which I met Brian and we effectively partnered for the Huron Cares case competition across a two and a half month period where these connections fostered. Had I just left uh, in the first try with like speaking with uh, the person at Ernst & Young that was really willing to help me, had I not noticed that and not asked for a, more connections, I would have never landed here today. So. Uh, I think we all struggle with this. We all want instant victories. We all want that gratification. Um, but it's it's hard. It, I, I struggle with it too. Like I really struggle with it. Uh, <laughs> but remembering it and like just continuing to keep trying is important. Yeah, it, it is. And you're, um, it's interesting, this instant gratification and sort of looking to prolong that um, has come up a couple of times with students uh, throughout the last couple of weeks and um there's a lot to be learned there and uh it's hard too right because you do something and you want to see results and um or something that you can feel good about right away but your example too of how we we actually met um you know i i think is a great example too of that the network really does work and you can meet people in that journey that will help each other and make those connections so i know for me, this is a connection I'm, you know, hopefully we'll probably have for life and can't wait to see where you go with things. Love um, it. <laughs> and um, I just want to say, you know, I, I, we could talk for hours, I know, and we'll, we will, we will have more coffee chats to follow, but um, that's really the time we have for today. And I, I just want to thank you so much. Um, you've been a great guest and you also have shared some really insightful ideas and thoughts for our listeners. So. Thank you so much for really being on the show. Thank you, Brian. It was a huge opportunity to self-reflect, uh, which I very rarely do otherwise. Probably sometimes uh, when I have literally nothing else to do and it's raining and I'm sitting at the bus stop, but otherwise not really. Uh, and I, I just learned that like taking the time off, even 20 minutes, once or to see how far you've come and where you still need to work and understanding what worked for you and what did not work for you from a very like emotional psychological perspective is helpful and i think that this podcast opens uh, many um secrets that i didn't know about myself so thank you awesome awesome so we all learn from from having conversations and connecting so for our listeners if you like what you heard today Please share this podcast with your network and please continue 
to tune in to the upcoming episodes. Uh, this has been Coffee with Converty, and until we connect again, stay well. Thank you.